strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Don't look at the circumstances, but face rather the truth of God's word and begin to speak forth that word and stand on that word and don't move off it. Thank you for joining us for another episode message with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. Today we're talking about how to use your God-given right. Pastor Scott is going to share five stands on how to exercise our rights and privileges in Christ. When you think about the difference between lying to sitting to standing, standing takes the most action. It involves the most readiness. We have to take authority and possession in the things of the Lord. And when we've done all the standing, keep standing. We as believers have been called to advance in the things of God. We are called to press into the kingdom, Jesus said. The kingdom of God suffer violent, suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Jesus said, he that has, more would be given. He said we could acquire more in him. Don't be satisfied for what you have, but ask for more. Uh, Jesus said it would be an abundance that overflows, a spiritual harvest, if you will. In order to use our God-given rights and privileges, we first need understanding in the things of God and his kingdom. God says in Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. We're to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus spoke of the mysteries of the kingdom of God and of heaven, of heavenly perceptions. We need to unlock those mysteries to partake of the fullness of God and his blessing of grace and power. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19, Marilyn. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him and the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Praise God. All right. Now, I want to give you threefold aspects of this powerful prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed to the Ephesian church and over their church. And you know, this is a prayer that you can pray on a daily basis that God would give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. When you begin to do that, things are going to begin to change in your life. So the first aspect of that uh, verse, in verse uh, 17, the hope of His calling. This is reference to the absolute certainty of the believer's victory in Christ. We're called to walk in continuous victory in every aspect of life. So many times we settle for the average or less than the average, but we're, to, we're called to be successful and to be victorious in this life. Let's look at Second uh, Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. He always leads us in triumph. Praise God. Over in Paris there they have the Ark of the Triumph, and there you see uh, the Ark that represents the place of victory and conquest. Now, the riches of his glory, the second aspect of this prayer uh, we have in Christ, this is uh, we, the fact that we are infinitely wealthy, blessed above all things, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, as we read earlier. This wealth is found in our inheritance in Christ, which we have access to in this life. So many people say, well, when I get to heaven, then I'll receive my inheritance. No, you have access to that inheritance now, because when a person dies then the will goes into effect, right? And who died? Help me, Jesus died. And because he died, that will now is in effect, and we are inheritors of that inheritance. Praise God. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings. 
when you have an inheritance, you can take it as legally yours. That inheritance includes health, healing, strength, vitality, abundance of life, prosperity, blessing, and victory in this life. And then the third aspect of Paul's prayer in verse 19, the greatness of his mighty power. Boy, we ought to seek God's power more than ever before. A spiritually dynamic and living force, a power that overcomes resistance. His power makes us overcomers in this life to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. Let's look at Ephesians 3.16, shall we? That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man. So we are called to be mighty in the Spirit in the inner man or the inner person. So many Christians are weak in spirit, but you can be strong in spirit and the power of his might, and you can put on the whole fullness of God in your life. Now, what are these privileges that we're entitled to? They are special rights and advantages that we've been given. So we have an advantage in the kingdom of God. If you have the advantage, you will most likely succeed, right? In, in uh, athletic contests, when, we, when a certain team has the advantage or a certain person, then it's more likely that they're going to succeed. The Bible says God blessed David, and wherever he went, he granted him victory. Remember, David is the only person in the Bible with the title of man after God's own heart. God with us means he goes before us and opens the way of victory and blessing. God will cut off our enemies before us, and he'll make our name great in his sight. Praise God. We've been given that right and privilege in God. Let's take a look at 1 Samuel 18, 14. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. And the Lord was with him. Everybody say that. The Lord is with me. me. Say that again. The Lord is with me. And uh, you and God make a majority. Now let's look at 2 Samuel, right after 1 Samuel, Marilyn. Uh, Chapter 15, verse 10, still speaking concerning David. Then Absalom sent spies throughout the tribes. Nope, that's not it. (laughs) Let's try uh, 7 and 7, 9. I know that's right, 2 Samuel 7, 9. And I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies before you and have made you a great name in the earth and the great, uh, great, well, the name of the great men who are on the earth. And how about... uh, 814, did you find that one? Yeah, I got that one too. You got a different Bible today, it looks like. These little tabs here. I know. He (laughs) also put garrisons in Edom. Throughout all Edom, he put garrisons, and all the Edomites became David's servants. And the Lord preserved David wherever he went. That word preserve means the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. Boy, we have the same promise in God, because all the promises of God are yes and amen. Now I want to give you the five stands we take on how to exercise our rights and privileges in Christ. First one, stand for your position in Christ. Ephesians 2, 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. Amen. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're in Jesus and Jesus is in us. Amen. And we are seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Praise God. Everything else is below us. (laughs) How do you like that? Satan is under our feet. Sickness is under our feet. Poverty is under our feet. The world is under our feet. And the obstacles of life are under our feet. Number two, stand for your victory. Stand in faith and don't be moved away from the victory we have in God. So many times the devil tries to steal your victory, but you've got to stand for it. Ephesians 6, 10, 11, Marilyn. 
finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Who puts on the armor of God? We do. We, do. we must actively put on the armor of God. I got a, a vision once from the Lord. He showed me the armor that I wear, and it's something like uh, one of these uh, superhero mm -hmm. things. Boots as high as my knees. This breastplate of righteousness, these shoulder kind of pads like a football player, this space age helmet. It's really some really new technology. <laughs> and our spiritual armor is pretty awesome. And then, of course, the word of God that we yield. Speak forth the word of God. It's the only offensive weapon you have. You need to use that word in your life. Number three, stand on all of his promises. Walking and trusting in the promises of God. We're called to inherit the promises just like Abraham. And the Bible says we rule and reign in this life as kings and queens. Let's look at Romans 5.17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the, through the one, which, must, which more those who receive abundance of grace. How much more? Of, much more of righteousness will reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. Abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the one. Jesus Christ. We're called to reign, guys. If you're not reigning today, then ask God to make you rule and reign in this life. Rule over those obstacles. Rule over those difficulties. Rule over that sickness in Jesus' name. We reign because we have authority. God-given authority. We talked about this last week. The word there is exousia, and it's delegated authority that's been given to us in Christ. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The promises are given to us for our benefit. God daily loads us with benefits, but we must receive them by faith and believe them into reality and speak them into our lives. So number four, stand strong in your confession of faith and your confession of victory. Let's look at Mark 11:23. I love to go back to Mark chapter 11, one of the greatest chapters in the Bible on faith. And guess who taught it? Jesus himself. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. You know, some people say, oh, there you go, Pastor, talking about speaking to things. I didn't say that. Jesus did. Whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast, and see, and not doubt, and desire, believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Jesus said that, guys. He said, speak to the mountain. He said, make that mountain move in the name of the Lord, and it will be moved. But you've got to believe it in your heart and keep speaking forth the word of God. You'll have whatever you say. You say whatever things you desire when you pray. Believe that you receive them, and then You'll have them. Faith is the spirit of victory. Everybody say that. Faith is the spirit of victory. Your mouth or speech releases your faith and his victory in your life. Let's look at 1 John 5, 4. Perhaps my favorite verse in the Bible, but I've got a lot of them. 5, 4. Yeah, 1 John 5, 4. For whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and what is the victory? Our faith. Faith comes one? by hearing and hearing by the, by the word of God. Yes, you may. <laughs> I like verse 14 as well. This is the uh, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears. Amen. Us. See, do you have the boldness to ask anything in his name yeah. and believe that you'll receive it? You know, I was watching this documentary on, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but the <laughs> Sea of Galilee. And um, what a beautiful place that is. We've been there. 
Uh, I did several videos. You can check them out on YouTube uh, from Galilee. About three-fourths of Jesus' ministry was centered around the Sea of Galilee and the city of Capernaum, where was his home base for his ministry. And uh, mighty miracles uh, occurred in the region of Galilee. You know, speaking of Israel, you know, there's been a change in Israel. There was a new election. There's a new prime minister. We're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, right? And uh, Jesus ministered in this area of Galilee and was used mightily um, to perform the miraculous. Hello, how, praise God, hallelujah. And we're going to see that again. The miraculous is going to be coming forth back into this world. And God's going to do supernatural feats and works of power very soon. Number five, stand against the storms and tribulations of this life. Jesus said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. He didn't say it'd always be a smooth ride. Some of you go, why isn't it always easy? Because life is full of tribulations. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him or her out of them all. We are going to walk through troubles in this life. Job said, as the sparks fly upward in a campfire, so is man born to trouble and unfortunately we're born to trouble and we're going to have tribulation but jesus said i overcame the world and if jesus overcame the world you can overcome the world because christ is in you and he's an overcomer so don't look at the circumstances and i understand that's a hard thing whenever we get bad report whether it's from the doctor or from somebody else uh, many times we tend to look at those circumstances and it begins to bring doubt into our life and discouragement but you got to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Don't look at the circumstances, but face rather the truth of God's word and begin to speak forth that word and stand on that word and don't move off it. I am not moved by what I see, but only by what I believe. Amen. Romans 4, 19 through 21, talking about Abraham. I love to go back to Abraham, who's really the father of faith. Marilyn. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. You know, so many times we need to go back to the prophetic word. And I've had a lot of prophetic words given to myself and to Marilyn and to our family as to what God was going to do in our lives. And so many times the devil tries to defeat you and discourage you, but go back to the prophetic word, use the prophetic word uh, against the wiles and tricks of the enemy. Amen. And if God's called you to ministry, he's going to fulfill that ministry in your life and he's going to use you to his fullest extent. You know, Abraham was given the promise to have a son but he had to wait 25 years until it came into fruition. And when it finally did, Sarah was an old lady. She was old, but still beautiful, amazing. And uh, she couldn't have children in the, in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm, things changed. And a child was conceived, and that child's name was Isaac. And he became the child of promise, just as God had spoken. But Abraham believed God, and he didn't waver. He didn't doubt. He didn't look at the circumstances, but he looked at the truth of the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Now we want to look very quickly, Peter walking on the water. Uh, this is an example, a spiritual type of walking over the obstacles of life. You know, there's only two people that ever walked on water in history. Yeah. Who are they? Jesus and Peter. Jesus and Peter. <laughs> Think about it. Go try to walk on water. Good luck. <laughs> it's pretty tough. 
I heard the story of this elder who said, today, after church, I will walk on water. Come over to my house. Come to my swimming pool. I will walk on water. At 2 o'clock. At 2 o'clock came. He said, now I will walk on water. He stepped out on the water, and guess what? He went down <laughs> to the bottom of the pool. <laughs> now, <laughs> I believe we can walk on water. But it's a very unusual miracle, right? And here we see Jesus walking on water. Jesus said, come, Peter. And uh, Peter obeyed. Let's look at Matthew fourteen twenty nine through 31, and let's read the story. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous and he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So why did Peter sink, guys, you theologians? Well, it must have been something to do with his faith, not Jesus' faith, (laughs) because Jesus' faith would have kept him up on the water, right? But the reason he sank is because he began to look at his circumstances and he began to doubt. Doubt and go without. Believe and you shall receive. And he lost his focus on Christ and he uh, moved away from faith into doubt. And Jesus saved him. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. A storm at sea, and there sits me in a boat, and there's a Savior standing by the way. And, you know, it's so beautiful that Peter had the guts, the fortitude to step out on water. A lot of us wouldn't even do that, especially when most of those fishermen couldn't even swim. (laughs) And he stepped out on the water. So let's congratulate him for that. Praise God. But walking on the water is walking over the obstacles of life and having victory in this life. Praise God. You know... If you don't exercise your rights and privileges in God, you'll never see the rewards of those blessings. Let's pray, shall we? Thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for every person listening, viewing, being touched by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for those that don't know Christ. You might be in a church. You might have a Bible. You might be in a Christian family, but you've never asked Jesus into your life. I did that on a balmy night in Palm Springs, California, at age 14. Christ came into my life, and I was washed and cleansed and made brand new. If that's you, You need Christ today. Would you pray this prayer? Let's do it together. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I believe you lived and you you, uh, walked the earth and you performed the miraculous and then you died on the cross. And then again, you rose the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my friend and Savior. I'll follow you and worship you and uh, remain in your word the rest of my days on this planet. And for you believers that have slipped away from God and you've backslidden, you're not walking with Christ, now you need to come back. The Holy Spirit says today's the day to come back to me. If that's you, you know you're a Christian. You know if you died today, you'd be in heaven, but you'd have regrets. You don't want regrets in this life. Pray this prayer, Lord, forgive me for my uh, misgivings, turning away from you. I ask now, Lord, that I would come back to you, come close to you, be strong in your power and your grace and your anointing and your blessing. Come near to me as I draw near to you, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. The five stands are included in the episode notes. We encourage you to go back and re-listen. You can watch Pastor Scott live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have a large archive of messages for you to listen. God bless, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 